Hey, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. I just want to say thank you for joining us here online. It is our prayer today that today's message would be helpful and meaningful to your life. If you're in the South Atlanta area, I would personally like to invite you to come to one of our three services on Sunday at 9 a.m., 10.30 a.m., and 12 p.m. We're located at 4401 Highway 155 North in Stockbridge, Georgia. You may visit our website for more information at sccview.net. Again, that's sccview.net. Thanks again for listening. I hope that you have a wonderful day. My name is Jeff. I'm the lead pastor here. If you're uh, our guest today, I want to say thank you for being with us. And uh, want to let you know uh, something that uh, attitude is important. Would you agree with that? Let me tell you something now. For those of you that are maybe... Um, thinking to feel a little sorry for yourselves, Rhonda and I have actually moved out of a 2,500 square foot home into a little travel trailer, okay? Maybe it has 150 square feet in it, I don't know. But, uh, but anyways, in those tight quarters, we have found out that attitude is everything. You know, it's a, you can't get, when you're in that kind of, you can't get away from anybody. I mean, like, you know, we're, we're together all the way. I mean, there's always together. You know, it's like, you know, and it has a little restroom in it. It has a little door on it. And, but it's like, man, we're together all the time, you know. And so we've learned that attitude is everything. And would you agree with that in your situation, too, that attitude is everything? Now, hallelujah, praise God, we're looking, we see a light at the end of the tunnel. We bought a fixer-upper for those of you that are new here. And uh, we have that travel trailer parked in the driveway. And hopefully in about three more weeks, we're going to be able to move into our new home. Um, so hallelujah for that. The sermons probably will not get better, though, I can tell you. Uh, because I've had to pray a lot more through this process, you know. But anyways, I say that to you because today I want to talk to you about this season, the Christmas season. And I want to talk to you about don't miss Christmas. Because I want to challenge you that. And one of the things that will make us miss Christmas is the wrong attitude. If we don't have the right attitude, we will miss Christmas. And so I want to talk to you on your outline. You can see there, there's three attitudes that cause many people, and it can even me and you, to miss Christmas. And so we want to talk about those. I want to bring those to light, and then we're going to talk about some things to do. So this morning, buckle up. It's going to be good. We're going to dive right into the Christmas story and I want to introduce you to four characters in the Christmas story that's going to help us learn this lesson, okay? So this is nothing new. You know, attitude, attitude has been a problem all through history. And so we want to make sure to learn from those that have been through it as well. Okay, so the first thing, the first attitude that will, that will war against Christmas is the, the attitude of busyness. Would you write that down, busyness? The attitude of busyness. Now, I want you to write that down, and then I want you to look at the statement right beside it because you've got to help me with this, okay? Because we've got to get the picture here. You ready? I want you, to, I want you to make any gestures that you want as long as they're not mean gestures, all right? Nobody hold up their middle finger or anything like that, okay? I want you to make the gesture you want to when you say this statement. You ready? And when you say it on the count of three, I want you to do it with some attitude. Ready? One, two, three. I ain't got no time for this. That's right. Try, didn't that feel pretty good? All right, come on. Let's do it one more time. You ready? Come on. I ain't got no time for this. That's right. I ain't got no time for this. And that is the attitude that we see that will make us miss Christmas is the busy attitude. And it's the attitude of the innkeeper in the biblical story. The innkeeper had this attitude. 
Look what the Bible says. In Luke 2 and 7, it says, She, Mary, gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in the manger because there was no room for him for them. Where? In the inn. Now the end again, let's talk about the end, the end, the end, the end's a hotel. What, what's going on here? Let me bring you up to speed. What's going on here is that remember the Christmas story, how that there's a census that's being taken. In other words, they got to be counted, and you have to go to your hometown to be counted. And so they were like in Jerusalem, they had to go to Bethlehem, or actually in Nazareth, had to go to Bethlehem. And as they're taking this journey to Bethlehem, a lot of other people are coming into Bethlehem too. It's like being overrun. Everybody's coming home. And they're having to put them up. And, and so the hotel is full. And then Joseph comes in. Joseph comes in and says, Hey, my wife's water has just broken. You know, we're going to have to have a nurse come to the room and deliver. Will you give us a room? And the innkeeper says, I ain't got no time for this. Joseph said, no, 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 you don't understand. You don't understand. You don't understand. No, 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 no. My wife, the baby, is the son of God. I mean, you've got to take care of us. He goes, I ain't got no time for this. You see, you see what I'm saying? Had he been in the moment, had he taken a moment just to consider, just to consider what actually was going on at that moment, he could have been the one who allowed the room for Jesus to be born in. Now just think about this, think about this. He's so consumed with what's going on right there in the moment, you know, with it being busy, busy, busy. That, you know, hey, my hotel has never been this full, this full, great, business is great, Look, we got to take advantage of this. If he would have recognized that that was Mary and Joseph and the Son of God was going to be born, guess what? Jesus would have been born there and his hotel would have been full from then on. I can tell you, I went to Israel. I've been to Israel uh, uh, about a year ago. And I can tell you, one, two of the most popular visited sites are the sites of where they think that Jesus was born. You know, they got two different sites. And we went there. So I can tell you, for 2,000 years, his hotel would have been full. Had he just taken a moment. The spirit of Christmas. Don't let the attitude of busyness Keep the spirit of Christmas from you. So let me ask you one question. You ready? Do you have time for Christmas? Do you? Or in your mind, you know, you're like, oh, well, I got to go get this, I got to go get this, I got to get this. And what you're really saying is, I ain't got no time for this. Can you tell I'm sort of enjoying that a little bit? I ain't got no time for this. Okay. Rhonda always says, I, do, I don't do that no more. You know, you look horrible. But I don't care because I ain't got no time for this. <laughs> so don't miss Christmas. Make time for Christmas. The second thing I'd like to share with you, the second attitude that will, that will cause us to miss Christmas is this, the attitude of being too familiar. Did you write that down? Too familiar. When you write that down, again, I have a statement out there that I think that you've heard. It's an attitude that voices itself in these words. I'd like for you to say these words right outside of that statement. You ready? Come on, let's read it together. You ready? One, two, three. I've heard it all before. You ever heard that? You ever said that? 
And I think that is the attitude of the religious people that day. The religious people, remember, let me, let me put this back in perspective. Remember the wise men had come in and they went into Jerusalem and there was Herod, you know, was Herod, King Herod. They went right to the palace and said, hey, we heard that the king of the Jews is going to be born. We've come to worship him. We've been following a star. And then Herod, you know, he begins to call all the, everybody together and says, hey, anybody heard about this baby going to be born? And the religious people, look what happens. It's right on your outline. Matthew 2, 4 and 5. <clears throat> when King Herod had called together all the people, chief priests and the teachers of the law, notice that, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. Where did they say he was going to be born at? Let's read it together. You ready? In Bethlehem, Judea. In Bethlehem. Six miles away, he's going to be born. The baby's going to be born six miles away. They said, in Bethlehem, Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet had written. What's amazing to me, it just amazes me, amazes me, amazes me, how close Herod was, how close the religious people were to Jesus, and they missed Christmas because they had an attitude is, I've heard it all before. The religious people said, yeah, well, where's this going to happen at? I mean, immediately their minds went right to the prophecy, immediately right to the verse in the Bible, immediately said, it's going to be in Bethlehem, Judea, that's it, it's going to be there. And you would think they've studied this all their life, and here come these men, this entourage in, these men that are, that are well-known, they're wealthy people, they're respectable people, come and said, hey, we've been following this star We've been following, so hadn't you guys seen that light in the sky? You didn't know what it was. We've been following that always here, and it led us to here. You saw the star. We're here to worship the child. Don't you just think just for a moment, the religious people, just for a moment, just for a moment. But I said, hey, maybe, just maybe, just maybe there's something to this. We should check it out. But what happened was, no, they, they were so familiar with it. And so they were so hung up in their routine of what was going on now. You know, their routine of worship. You know, well, it's time for me to go to church. I've got to go to church. I'm sorry, I don't have time for that. You know, I've heard it all before. You know, we've said this for thousands of years. And they missed Christmas because of that. You know what's amazing to me? is how you and I can get in that mode, can't we? I mean, it's Christmas time, we get in the mode, oh yeah, we've heard about Mary and Joseph, you know, we've heard about the baby Jesus, we've heard about the wise men, you know, we've heard about the shepherds, we've heard it all, 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 all. And somehow, this time of year, everybody else can be jovial and happy, but something's missing inside of us, and it's because we have the attitude that says, I've heard it all before. We're so focused on the now, like they were, they would forget what God has promised in the future. And let me just tell you something. If you only focus on the now, you're going to be depressed and defeated most of your life because there has to be a better day coming, right? You know, that's what Rhonda and I said last night. We worked ourselves to death. We were working, you know, and we'd come in, and we were all, like, covered in sheetrock dust. Ugh. It's horrible. But anyways, you know, so whatever, you know, it's like you're just covered in this stuff. And, and so Rhonda, I said, Rhonda, I'm so sorry that you're having to go through this. And really, I was being sorry for myself. She, she said, no, Jeff, we're almost there. We only got about three or four more weeks. We're there. She said, we got to focus on the future, not what's going on right now. And I want to tell you, only if, they, only if the religious people, listen, wouldn't it have been great if the religious people, the church people of that day, wouldn't it have been great if they would have got on board with Jesus? 
Wouldn't it have been great if God, don't you think that God had him come through and say, the wise men said, hey, this is going to be born. We saw the star. Where is it going to happen? They said, maybe God was trying to say, I want you in and on this. I want you to be a part of his birth. And it, it, listen, if they just would have listened, we just would have taken a moment. They could have been down there. They could have went. And when Mary gave birth, they could have been there to help comfort her. They could have helped taking care of the baby. They could have helped mentor a child. They could have helped mentor the teenager. They could have given advice to some parents who had not a clue. Listen, I'm telling you, I remember when our child was born. You know, we weren't teenagers, but I remember when our child was born, our first son, our son was born. I remember after we went home from the hospital, Rhonda's mom went home with us and she stayed there a week and then she went home. Why do you have to go? Like, we looked at each other like, what are we, what, what, what are we going to do with this? I don't know. How do you get to stop crying? I don't know. Where's the button at? I don't know. As a, as a young parent, you don't know what to do, do you? You just don't know. Wouldn't it have been great if some religious people had been there, church folk had been there, and they would have been there to comfort them instead of rejecting them and saying, we, we've heard it all before and they missed it? You know, that's why at SEC, we understand. That's why we're expanding our, our building. We're doing something called the I Will Initiative. And a matter of fact, hopefully in March, we're going to start our building. It's going to look something like this, hopefully, in about about eight or nine months when you pull up to this property. Why are we doing that? I'll tell you why. Because we don't want to be so caught up in the now that we forget what God has promised in the future. And we know that some of your children and some of your grandchildren, some of you teenagers are going to grow up and some of you kids are going to grow up and God's got something great in your life. And so we're here right now that when those babies come in and they're being rocked in the nursery, we're here to say that this is some, a gift of Almighty God and God's got a special plan for this child's life. And when they're in our little kids connect group, stairs right now like right now they're up there and then those uh those teachers and those mentors are there mentoring them now they know that there's a precious gift of god and who knows what life they're going to change and who knows how they're going to turn out but we believe that god's got a great plan for their life and that's why tonight our in our student 155 ministry that we'll have mentors up there why be helping shape teenagers lives because we believe that god has greatness in our church he's bringing people through our church and these kids are going to grow up and they're going to change the world for jesus christ amen that's why we do what we do isn't it great and a great you know some of us that are a little bit older that are past you know the age of raising children we think anyways we thought they would move out but hallelujah anyways uh Buy a travel trailer. They have nowhere to come to. Hallelujah. <laughs> Never mind. I can tell. I can sell this immediately. Right after it's over. Right when we're done with it, you're wanting, hey, give me that. But, but, but you, you young adults, just think the church here. We, we're here as a church. Why? Because we realize that many of you young parents, you know, you're stressed out. You don't know what to do. Your marriage is a little stressed. And that's why we're here. We're here to just give you a little piece of advice that's going to help you along the way in life. And your life is going to get better. This is the future is going to be brighter. You just hold on. You're going to make it through the diapers. And you're going to make it through the preschool. And you're going to make it through the teen years. And you're going to make it. Yeah, we hope. Somebody said, I hope so. <laughs> we're here to tell you you're going to make it. See, that's what the church does, and that's why we're doing what we're doing. So we never want to say in our church that we have no room in this end. We have no room in this end. We have no room in this church. We will make room. You know what? 
You know about me. I, I was a little kid. There was a problem. I was ADD. And so, we had Sunday school back then. And let me tell you something. My chair in Sunday school was not around the table. It was outside the door. I mean, listen, they had to put me outside. And somebody had to stand out there with me so everybody else could learn. I was that kid. You know that... And like when I go back to, Rhonda and I will visit with our parents through the holidays. And, and when I go back to that church, you know what? They'll say, you're a pastor. <laughs> I remember when. That's what they, I remember when. Yeah, that was me. But because when I went outside, you talked talk to me and told me how much God loved me. Because you believed in me. And you always encouraged me through all of my bad stuff. And you never let me go. You always believed that, made me believe God had plans for my life. Now, I get the pastor church of hundreds of people. And I get to celebrate and help you be encouraged in the Lord. You see, we believe that every child and every teenager that comes through this place, and every young adult and every young couple, God's got a special plan. Amen? Come on, let's just give God a hand for that. Isn't that awesome? Oh, man, i got to hurry up. Let's talk. The next one is fear. Oh, fear is the next one. Fear is this attitude that says, let's just read it together. Let's read the attitude. You ready? I don't want it. And that is King Herod. King Herod had that attitude of, I don't want it. Look what he says. In Matthew 2 and 3, it says, when King Herod heard this, he was what? Okay, everybody shout out, freaked out. You ready? One, two, three. That's what he was. He was freaked out. And all of Jerusalem with him. Listen, King Herod was a guy that you didn't want to hang around with. He was a guy that was so paranoid. He was eat up with so much fear. Listen, he even had his, his wife and his mother-in-law murdered because he thought they were gaining popularity and it was threatening his throne. He had about three of his sons murdered because he felt like they were a threat to his throne. And anybody that he felt like was a threat, he, he annihilated. He had them murdered. He killed them. He killed him because he was so afraid and fear. Let me tell you some what fear does. Fear drives you to try to be in control. And once you try, are driven to trying to be in control, it will make you do things that you never thought you would do. Fear drives that. And so let's pick up the story. So the wise men come and said, hey, there's a king of the Jews. A baby's going to be born. And King Herod was so freaked out about that. He thought, oh, this is a threat to my throne. So he told the wise men, he said, listen, you go find the child. And when you do, you come back so that I can go and worship. He sharpens his knife. Yeah, I want to go worship. Yeah, right. What do you want to do? He wanted to go kill him. And so when the wise men, the wise men went the opposite way, it ticked Herod off. You know why? Because the spirit of fear always seeks to kill Christmas. Did you hear that? The spirit of fear that makes you controlling seeks to kill the spirit of Christmas and kill Christmas. Fear kills Christmas. Fear kills Christmas. Fear kills Christmas. And so here we go. Here King Herod is. So they didn't come back and it freaks them out again. He's like, oh no, uh-uh. No, uh-uh. This is not going to happen, and I don't want this to happen. Fear says, I don't want to. Fear says, I'm afraid. Fear says, I'm out of control. i got to control this. So he sends his army down to Bethlehem in that region, and he asks, every child that is under two gets murdered. It's called the massacre of the innocents that he did because he tried to kill 
Christmas. Fear kills, fear kills, fear kills, fear kills. Why, why is there such a war on Christmas now? Why can't you say Merry Christmas? Why, why is that? Why is our culture saying, oh, we shouldn't say that. We're going to offend somebody. You know why? Because the moment that you say Merry Christmas, all of a sudden we have to acknowledge that there is a God and that the Savior of the world was born and I'm accountable to someone. So fear says, don't be accountable to anybody. Fear says, kill Christmas, kill Christmas. War on Christmas. Fear says, kill Christmas. That's why there's a war on Christmas. Fear says kill Christmas. Fear kills. Fear kills. So today, I want to challenge you to let go of fear. Let go of control. And I know that's very hard because you're looking at a man that's been a control freak his life and God's had to do this with me. And I can tell you it's better on this side than on this side. And here's what I want to tell you that I've discovered. It's coming up on the screen behind me. I want you to read this with me because this will set you free. And it will make you free this Christmas. You ready? Let's read this together. You ready? When I declare God is in control, fear has... Fear loses control. Let's read it one more time. You ready? When I declare that God is in control, fear... It loses its control. And what I'm looking at today is some people in this room that you can't, you're going to miss Christmas because fear has gripped your heart. And you're saying, I'm afraid. Really, you're saying, no, I've got this, I've got this. And really, that is fear being vocalized through that. And the truth of the matter is that you're scared to death. And the only way to break that today, and I'm telling you, Jesus is speaking to some people. The Holy Spirit is speaking right now to you because God wants to break that. And you just to go ahead and declare that God is in control and you keep declaring that God's in control and He will break fear's hold. And you will have a Merry Christmas. Amen? Isn't that good stuff? Awesome. That's better than you thought it was going to be, I know. Look what Jesus said. Jesus said in John 10 and 10, the thief only... The thief comes only in order to steal, kill, and what? But Jesus said, I have come that you might have what? Now notice what he said. You're not just going to have life, but you're going to have life in all of its fullness. You know why? Because fear will not have its grip on you. You know what? Fear will not drive you crazy. It will not make you controlling, and it will not make you do things you wish you hadn't done because you're going to declare that God's in control, and fear will lose its hold. That's the way you do it. You declare that God's in control. Okay, there's three keys that I want to share with you to not miss Christmas. And, and I want to tell you a little bit about me, something as I give this to you that I, you may not know. Hold on, I've got to get suited up here. Let's see if I do this. Oh, that's the wrong way. See, I haven't done this in a long time, so I've got to get this right. There we go. Something that you don't know about me that I've never told you is that when I was in the sixth grade, I was actually a crossing guard. You can tell I'm not, uh, don't have this on right, but there we go. I was in the sixth grade, and, and, and people put their, life, their kids' lives in my hands. God was preparing me to be a pastor in the sixth grade. I had no idea. But I had to learn to direct traffic, and I did that. I mean, I'm serious. Like, I would do, you know, I had power in these hands. 
As soon as I put this thing on right here, I would stand out in the middle of traffic and I would say, stop! And there would be people that would be, you know, from in their 40s to 70s that would put the brakes on and they would stop because I had power. And I would let the children cross. And then I would drop these hands and go. And they would go. I was a crossing guard. And so I just want to tell you, when I'm about to navigate with you, I'm, I want you to know I'm going to navigate with you how to have a good Christmas. I want you to know I've got experience. I just want to tell you, I have experience on navigating traffic. I want to navigate you into the spirit of Christmas. You ready? There's three things I want to tell you. And again, we want to talk about this next group of people, which will be the shepherds. So the first thing I'd like to share with you is this. Number one, if, if you're not going to miss Christmas, we must, number one, stop. Write that down. Stop. Stop filling my life with less important things. you got to stop it right now. What's important? Look what the Bible says in Luke 2 at 8 and 9. Again, and there were, there were what in the fields? There were shepherds. Why don't you circle that? Shepherds in the field, living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over the flock at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were what? You thought they were going to say happy, didn't you? Heck no, they were scared to death. Wouldn't you be scared to death if an angel showed up to you? I mean, an angel show up in the middle of your bedroom. It's dark, picture dark, and all of a sudden there's an angel glowing and flying in your room. You're like, what? I'm like, Rhonda, what'd you put in my NyQuil? I don't know. They were scared. Why? Because every time that an angel showed up, it was either really good news or really bad news. And sometimes they showed up and people didn't live. So they were like, okay, am I going to die? Am I going to live? That's why they were terrified. What I want to tell you today is as these shepherds, we look at the shepherds and we see that these shepherds were, were people that were lowlifes of the, actually the community. They were actually considered worse than robbers. Why? Because they lived out in the field. They were nasty people. But God, when you begin to chose to announce the first announcement that the Savior had born, his son had born, he went to shepherds. Why would he go to shepherds? Why? Because they were available. They were not so busy. They were available. They were the only people that wasn't so busy. If God's going to show up to you and the spirit of Christmas is going to happen for you, then my friends, you have to, you and I have to learn not be so busy. I want to tell you something. You may want to write this down. I'm going to drop my little crossing guard symbol there. It won't stay up. Write this down. A busy life is not a better life. A busy life is not a better life. I know that gets anti-culture. And many of our problems today is because we're so, so busy. A busy life is not a better life. The Bible says in Psalms 46.10, Be still and know that I am who? You'll never know he's God until you slow down. Just like he went to the shepherds. I have on the screen for you this statement that I used a couple of months ago. I think it will be good for us to be reminded of that at Christmas now. And it simply says this, When my worship goes up, my worry comes down. Would you try that with me and just watch stress begin to leave you right now? You ready with your hands? You ready? Come on, let's do it. When my worship goes up, my worry comes down. Didn't that feel good? Come on, let's just try it one more time. All right, you ready? When my worship goes up, my worry comes down. And that is so true. 
And today I would like to challenge you to do something with me on your back of your connection card. I have a next step. I hope you'll take it. It says this. It says, I will call a timeout to worship the Savior. Would you do that this week? Will you call a timeout? Hey, kids, I can't do this. I can't do it. Time out. I've got to have some time for me to worship the Savior. It's because when I worship, when worship goes up, worry comes down. Okay, the second thing is this. Remember, so I'm your crossing guard. I'm put my strap back on. I'm your crossing guard, so I've said stop. And now I want to tell you to look. Would you do that? Would you just look right now? Would you write that word, look down? Look. Look closely at why Jesus came. Luke 2 and 11, look what the Bible says. He's appearing to the shepherd now. Look what he says. Today in the town of David, a Savior, Savior has been born to who? To who? To you. A Savior has been born to you, he says. He is Christ the Lord. Okay, before you get into that attitude, I've heard it all before, here's what I want to ask you. What do you need saved in your life? What is it right now that needs to be saved in your life? Is it your marriage? Does it need to be saved right now? Is it your finances? It needs to be, they need to be saved right now? Is it your children that need to be saved? Is it your parents that need to be saved? Is it your relationship with your friends that need to be saved? Is it your relationship with your family that needs to be saved? Is it your job that needs to be saved? What needs to be saved? He is the Savior, Christ the Lord. Yes, He saves our lives. Yes, we're glad we're going to heaven. But He's a lot more than that, my friend. Listen, if He was only going to save us enough to go to heaven, then guess what? We wouldn't need Him anymore. But He's here to save everything that's going on in your life. If you'll call out to Him, He will answer the prayer for your marriage. He can save your marriage. He can save your children. He can save your parents. He can save your bank account. He can save it all. Amen? He's the Savior, not just of my soul, but of my life. He's the Savior of my life. One, one thing I didn't want to forget to say to you is that we're having Christmas Eve services around. Do you know that? You know we're having one Friday night at 7 p.m., this Friday night, 7 p.m., let you know that in case you're going out of town with family, you can still come. And then Saturday, there are 3 and 4, 30 and 6. There's a little invite card in your program. The reason I put that in there is because, do you know someone that needs a Savior? If you do, why not take that invite card and give it to them? If they need a Savior. And if you need a Savior today, if you're, if you're lost without Jesus, there's a prayer inside of our program that will lead you into a relationship with Him. You can pray that. Just check it on the back of your connection card that you prayed it so we can pray for you. Okay, so I'm your crossing guard. I'm, I'm directing you, navigating you through Christmas. So I said, stop, look. Does anybody know the third one? Listen, stop, look, and listen. Stop, look, and listen. Look what the Bible says. Luke 9, it says, And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, talking about the shepherds, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, you ready these next five words, four words, let's read them out loud. Here we go, you ready? Do not be, come on, would you shout that out? Ready? Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Why? Why? This is what Christmas is all about. Listen to what he said. Just a reminder of this statement right here. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. 
My question to you is, what are you so stressed out about? What's got you in a knot right now? Remember, I, I'm just trying. Stop. We're going to look and we've got to listen right now. We've got to listen. What's coming our way? And when you're stressed, you can't hear. You especially can't hear spiritual things. What's got you so stressed out? Jesus knew that we would get to this point in our life, and that's why he gave us his next verse. Jesus said this in Matthew 11. Look what Jesus said. Jesus said this. Let's read those first three words out loud. You ready? Here we go. Come to me. Do you hear my traffic? So I'm the traffic guy. So the first thing, I, I'm motioning right towards you. Oh, wait a minute here. Uh-uh, I got to get my... I'm motioning you on right now. I'm not telling you to stop anymore. You've already looked. Now, I want you to listen. I want you to go toward Jesus. He's calling you on the other side. I'm asking you to go toward him. He says, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you what? I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but can anybody use some of that today? Rest. He said, all rest, and take my yoke. Would you circle the word yoke? Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle in heart and humble in heart, and you will find what? Rest for your what? You know what that means? Rest for your soul. It's different than, than physical rest. Rest for your soul is when you're on the inside. You know how you're just anxious on the inside. That anxiety's going. You're just anxious. You're thinking about everything. Your mind's just buzzing, and you're concerned about all this. We have enough for Christmas. We're going we're gonna to be able to do this. And you know, this person's coming over. Blah, blah, blah. Is this going to happen? And all that's going on. And you don't have any rest. So I'm going to give you rest. Here's how that happens. Look with me. Jesus said, take my yoke upon you. Now, there's a picture coming up of a couple of oxen. Look at this picture. You see these guys up there, these oxen? What they have on is a yoke. That means that they're together. That yoke around their neck keeps them together. Now, I want to tell you something. That yoke has no power over them. It. It that yoke does nothing as far as make them more powerful. But it, what it does do is it makes them walk together. I don't know if you can notice this or not, but if you look at their legs, you'll notice that their legs are in sync, like they're taking a step at the same time. Taking the same step. Here's what he said. Jesus said, when you take my yoke upon you, you'll be in step with me. When you're in step with Jesus, then guess what happens? When you're in step with Jesus, that means that, you know, what makes those oxen so powerful is that they're in step together. They're always leveraging every muscle together. They just go together, and it makes them so powerful. And what makes you powerful is that not that you know Jesus, but that you're in step with Him. You're yoked up with Him. And that means that, you know, you're moving as He moves, and He's moving in you. And you're moving, and you become powerful, and your stress turns to rest. Matter of fact, I would say this. It's on your... Um, on your outline on the screen. Look what it says. When I walk in step with Jesus, what does he do? Turns my stress to rest. And that's exactly what I want to happen for you today. And you see, you do that by prayer. You do that by reading God's word. Every time you do that, you're, taking, you're getting in step with Jesus. Coming to church, you're getting in step with Jesus. And that's what I want you to do. What I'm going to ask you to do right now is I'm going to ask you to take a time out. As your, as your traffic guide, I'm going to ask you right now to take a time out. Like we talked about earlier. And I want you to stand with us. And as you stand with us, we're going to sing this song. 
And I'm asking you to, to worship Jesus. So as you worship God, let, the, let your worship go up and let the worry come down. And God is going to begin to set some of you free who walked in with fear, who walked in with stress. And today the Holy Spirit is going to begin to speak to you because you're stopping right now and you're looking up to God and you're listening. As you listen, the Holy Spirit's going to come down and He's going to meet your need. I want you to sing this song like you've never sang a song before. Warn your neighbors. Say, listen, you better get ready because I'm going to sing it. It might not be that good, but I'm going to do it. Come on, let's sing it out to God. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net and click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.